0: This episode of the SDSU podcast is sponsored by Mars Energy Cream, the first ever topical energy delivery product. Think energy drink, but it's a lotion. It contains a proprietary blend of natural ingredients, including caffeine, taurine, and B vitamins to provide an energizing boost. And unlike traditional energy drinks and gels, Mars Energy Cream is sugar-free, contains no artificial flavors, colors, or preservatives. If you want to try it out, Go to MarsEnergyDrinkCream.com and use the code ANDRE, spelled A-N-D-R-E, at checkout to receive 15% off a purchase of a 50ml tube. Listening to the SDSU podcast presented by the East Village Times with your hosts Andre Hagverdian and Paul Garrison. Welcome listeners back to another episode of the SDSU podcast. I'm your host, Andre Hagverdian. Today's episode is a basketball one, as we get to interview sophomore forward elijah saunders elijah was a true freshman last year as the aztecs made a run to the final four and eventually the national championship game before losing to yukon he played limited time on the court last year as the team had you know very experienced very uh talented uh bigs you know playing nine deep elijah at times was like that 10th guy that would get some time. Uh, maybe with some injuries or some foul trouble, but uh, for the most part, it was a development year for him. As you will hear with the interview that we did, you know he's made a lot of changes, a lot of improvements, a lot of uh, mindset changes, I guess you could call it, heading into his sophomore season, which could be a big one for him. Obviously, as always, Paul Garrison joined me on this interview along with Trone at Aztec Breakdown, as you guys are well aware of his work and his podcast and things support. So we appreciate him joining us as well. Uh, so let's get to the interview with Elijah. And then afterwards, Trone, Paul, and I will be back to give you some of our takeaways. We want to welcome San Diego State basketball player Elijah Saunders to the podcast. How are you doing today?
1: Good. Good. I want to say thank you guys for for having me on. I, I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, definitely uh, appreciate you taking the time as well. I know you just got out of practice. Um, you know, fall practices it got in the swing of things this week. You know, for the off season, how has that gone for you? And you know, what was your biggest focus as you uh, as last season ended and you know got into the summer?
1: Uh, this summer uh, was really well uh, went really well for me. Uh, got to go back home uh, for a couple months. You know, really focus on some things that I feel like I need to work on. You know, for me, I feel like, you know, a lot of my um, things I I need to improve on work are really just on the court. You know, I really feel like I need to work on, you know, my mentality and my approach to to each day, each play, um, you know, some even some self-confidence things, you know, building that back from, um, you know, not really playing much last year and, you know, still feeling like I'm a really good player. (laughs) and things like that but um this off off season was really good for me locked in on my body um lost some weight uh last at the end of last season I was probably around 260 I went all the way down to 228 at one point um right now I'm probably in that 235 range or yeah 235 range but uh no this off season was was really really good for me
0: Can you actually, the weight thing is an interesting thing. What made you decide to lose that much weight? You know, what was the hardest part about shedding that weight? And, you know, was it diet changes that kind of uh, went into that? Or was it more workout schedule changes?
1: I would say it was a mix of all those. After the season ended, I remember one day we went into lift with Landry, a former strength coach. And I think I was like 257 on the scale. Um, this was like mid- bright in the morning. Hadn't had anything to eat yet. So I was probably um, around 260. And uh, when I got home, uh, my dad uh, was also wanting to lose some weight. So, you know, we just kind of, you know, had a little competition to see who could, who could lose weight. And, you know, really just focusing on my diet um, and being more active you know, during the during the tournament and during the end of the season, I really wasn't working out that much. Uh, I was really just watching the games. <laughs> so um you know, I was I was practicing but not as intensely. You know, I feel like that's when I got up to two sixty. And I wanted to lose some weight um to begin with. I wanted to be around two thirty five and that's where I am right now. So um it's been good.
0: Who won the competition between you and your dad? That's such an unfair
1: oh, competition. Me. <laughs> oh me, he he couldn't even compete with me in terms of cardio. But um, <laughs> I feel like he, I think he's lost around twenty pounds. Um, so you know, it it was good for good for the both of us.
2: I think, like when old dudes lose weight, I think it's like dog years, right? You multiply that by seven, right? Is that how that works. <laughs> But Elijah, what what have you noticed um, you know, in terms of being um, lighter, uh, what have you noticed in terms of your game? Um, how has it changed? explosiveness, et cetera?
1: I would just feel like i I feel kind of how I felt in high school in high school, I was probably two forty in the, in the, in that range. You know, I just feel I feel fast. I feel uh, explosive, a lot more fast and explosive than I felt at the end of last season. So I really just, uh, feel quicker on the court. Um, feel like my conditioning is, uh, is a lot better than where I was, but so just, just overall, I just feel better. And from, uh, the videos that the schools put out, some photos,
2: um, your, your physique is resembling, you know, what we see in the NBA, how much did, um, doing everything that you did to get to the weight that you wanted to play, like, how did it how much of that was because you were trying to do everything you can to to reach that ultimate dream and play professionally
1: i to say that has everything to do with it you know my goals i have for basketball um, you know realizing you know what it takes you know to be in the in the best shape you can be you know every, it comes down to everything so you know me realizing that this year <laughs> i'm going to be in a bigger role and um you know, seeing that for myself, knowing that I'm gonna have to be ready for that. You know, last year I, I'll admit I kind of got complacent at times and kind of feeling like, oh, there's I'm not gonna play anyway, so um, <clears throat> you know it didn't really matter to me. But you know, just seeing all these guys, Ag, Kishad, and Nate and Jaden last year, watching them play and watching how hard they had to play in the you know their physiques you know, just feeling like I have to be, I have to be ready. That's, that's just all I, all I think about is, um, you know, I have to be prepared. I have to be ready for this season. Um, And my body has a huge part to do with that. So I would say that was what went into it. Elijah, last year, you're a true
3: freshman. You got 93 minutes off the bench uh, for the whole season. What was, what was the season like for you? uh you know while you're transitioning from being a high school player to a division 1 athlete and also at the same time as you're trying to learn this stuff your team is going to the final four
1: yeah i remember um the first week of first week of practice in the summer i remember calling my dad one day after after practice and i was like man there's no way that it's this hard there's no way every team is this good <laughs> you know, not knowing that we were going to be in the national championship. That's how good our team was. Um, we didn't have an average team. You know, I always felt like, man, uh, this is hard. You know, our team is really good. These players are really good. Um, but, you know, we had such a good team. We had such an experienced team. You know, a lot of times I had to remind myself, you know, where I'm at in my journey. You know, I was was a freshman, 19 years old, competing with these guys who um, have a lot more experience than me. So just Kind of trying to take from them, learn from them, see how they work. It was really good last year, maturing and and learning, you know, all the things from those guys.
3: You know, Elijah, kind of along those lines, so many, you know, former players talk about the culture at San Diego State and probably most recently we saw Matt Bradley's press conference after the national championship game about the relationship he had with his staff and his, and his teammates. You've been on the team for a year. What have you noticed about how the program is run that sticks out
1: to you? Um, you know, I would say this, this is uh, this program, especially last year's team, you know, this year's team we're developing our chemistry as we've been going, but last year's team is honestly, I'm any team I've ever been a part of just how excited everyone was to be around each other. And it was, it's everyone on the roster, you know, every single person, all the walk ons the managers, everyone just loves being around each other. And, uh, you know, I'd never been on a team like that. You know, every team I've been on always has groups of guys who are friends, but, um, you know, everyone wants to hang out with each other. Everyone wants to eat together. Everyone wants to shoot out to practice. Uh, I remember last year we were, you know, guys sexy a group chat, let's go play ones at the, uh, at, at jam, you know, things like that. Just, we just love to be around each other as a direct reflection on the court. I would say the culture, the coaches, um, you know, everyone just likes to be around each other and, and gets along. There's no egos, there's no nothing like that. And that's what I feel like goes into us having such, such so good, such good chemistry.
0: This might be somewhat of an unfair question, but I'm gonna ask it anyway. You know, we're you're talking about your true freshman season, um, not playing, right? We played 93 minutes total. Did it as a competitor, you obviously want to play and you obviously feel like you can play at this level, but did it actually make things a little bit easier for you not playing because you're behind so many experienced 9D players and the team made a big run that it kind of maybe you know, helped your situation to know that, like, there's a reason why I'm not playing is because these guys in front of me have been here for four or five years and they're really, really good.
1: Yeah. I feel like, I feel like, you know, there's two parts to to that question. You could take two different sides. I remember I used to always used to call my dad and, you know, um, tell him like, Oh, these guys are older than me and try to make an excuse for myself. To why I wasn't playing hmm. um, you know and I feel like the real reason was you know I just wasn't I just wasn't good enough to play hmm. you know you can make every excuse all these guys are older these guys are uh, so much better than me but I feel like I could have been doing more you know granted <laughs> we went to national championship I didn't play at all and you know that that was great for us but you know at times for me you know I would just make an excuse. I felt like I would make the excuse that the guys were older and more experienced and, and things like that. And, um, you know, my dad would tell me, you just, you, you gotta be better. <laughs> you know, it it's not all, it's not all that you're just the young guy on the team at your position, you know, try not to make that excuse, but it was, it was really good learning from, especially, The guy that sticks out to me the most is AG. His feel, his timing, you know, if you want to learn San Diego State defense at the forward position, you could just watch clips of AG (laughs) all day long, and he'll give you the blueprint. You know, watching him get in the game, watching how he worked on himself, um, his character, how he carried himself. He's really just a great role model for – he was a really great role role model for myself uh, last year, and it's great to have him on the staff now. No, so he's around all the time now.
0: What do you call him? Do you call him coach? Do you call him sir? Do you call him AG? <laughs> no, it's just
1: it, – it, it feels weird. Like, today we had a workout um, with the forwards, and AG's guarding everyone. And it just – it feels like he never left the team. Like, it feels like – it doesn't feel like he's a player, but he always kind of felt like the role he's in now, to me, anyway. So <laughs> – You know, it doesn't really change much. Maybe for someone like Jaden, you know, it feels a lot different. But the role he's in now is kind of the role that he's, I feel like he was in last year for myself, Um, you know, just giving guidance and, um, and things like that. But no, it's great to have him around.
0: The mantra at San Diego State is, you know, if you don't play defense, you don't play. We hear that every year. Where do you think you're at this point? You know, you're replacing AG. You talked about Nathan Mensa, Keshad Johnson. Those are like the three main bigs, along with Jaden uh, You know, defending. And where do you think you are at that side of the floor?
1: Um, honestly, it feels weird um, because I feel like, you know, even though I didn't play for a majority of the year, I was still on the black. You know, we have black and red, and practically a scout team, and and uh, team of guys who are about to play so i was i was still in the black jersey so i would i would get very little reps but i would still be getting the reps with the guys who were uh who were playing so i feel like that really helped me for this season you know knowing some knowing some things with our defense and and not being on scout team all year like not running our defense i feel like me even though the little reps i got I feel like watching Kishad, watching Nate, watching A G, guys who have been in our program for so many years, I don't feel like I'm behind defensively. I feel like, you know, I haven't gotten the game reps, but I've gotten more than enough practice reps. And you know, I granted I got a long way to go as well. But um I don't feel like I'm behind that much, uh, when it comes to defense. I'd love
2: to pick your brain about um some players, you know, around you, um, one of them, Boise State's Tyson Dagenhart, um, he'll likely be the conference preseason player of the year. Uh, you'll be matched up frequently against him. Uh, he's someone who is physically similar to you. What What have you seen from his game and the success
1: that he's had in the Mountain West? I remember uh, watching him, even the year when I was in high school, watching him on Boise and um, when he was president of the year in the conference, but, you know, I love his game. I have some similar capabilities offensively, um, you know, being able to stretch the floor and things like that, score inside out. But, you know, he's just very poised on offense and, and very, very skilled. So, you know, he's, he's a really good player. We had a chance to interview Reese Waters um, a little while back. And
2: he spoke about the challenge that you present to him um, playing in the post and how strong you are and and your game, it's kind of tipped off to us that he's going to be playing some four. Um, What can you tell us about his game and, and playing some of the same positions that you're playing?
1: Yeah. um, It's definitely been weird, you know, going against Wreath and Micah at the four at times. you know, having someone that's smaller and quicker, you know, it's kind of hard on the perimeter. I'm used to having a bigger, slower guy on me (laughs) and having a, Use my advantage in that way, but um, you know it's been great. You know those Reese and Micah, um, Reese specifically. You know those guys are really dynamic scorers, so it's been it's been really fun to match up uh, with them in practice. And um, you know, I feel like you know we 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 have a lot of versatility when it comes to lineups we have and lineups we can play with with those guys playing playing the four at uh, all times. Elijah, is there anyone
3: on the team that you work out with more than everybody else? Well,
1: I'll say Miles. <laughs> um, <laughs> man, uh, you know, I feel like we're just in the same boat. Uh, you know, last year, you know, really not playing, and you know, me and Miles, we were all we always just kind of hang out with each other. You know, we, that's my that's my guy. Um, so we're always shooting after practice with each other off day. We're going to work out th- together. Um, Coach actually used to have us working out before the games together. So I would say it's not even close with anyone who I've worked out with outside of Miles. And it, it's really fun to work out with him. You know, even though we don't say, play the same position, you know, we we, we have similar things that we do um, on the court. So it's good for us to, you know, work out with each other and work on some things that maybe we might not always get to work on. But always after practice, we're sitting together, trying to get shots up together, competing (laughs) um, and things like that. Is is there anything specific that he does
3: besides just like getting shots up together that really helps drive you to be the best player you can be?
1: I would just say. Kind of uh, hold each other accountable, you know, some days after practice. Um, I might be walking out the gym and he'll say, Elijah, remember, let's go shoot. <laughs> Some days you might be walking out the gym. I'll say, Miles, remember, we, we shooting. So, you know, it's fun to have someone who's in a similar position as you, you know, who's unproven and feels like they have everything to prove that, you know, we're both both hungry, both want to get better um, and both hold each other accountable Um, in terms of, you know, reminding each other, let's, hey, let's get in the gym, let's work. Are you working out? Okay, I'm going to hop in with you and and things like that. We spoke with Jaden
3: Ladee earlier this year, and he talked about how excited he was to be able to show all the facets of his game, right? Put his full game on display. And for us fans, it's not hard to notice the similarities between your game and, and Ladee's game. What have you learned from watching him that you've been able to apply to yourself?
1: I've uh, been able to learn a lot from Jaden, you know, it's just going to be his sixth year this year in college. So, you know, he has a lot of things that, you know, I kind of want to add to my game. His physicality, his rebounding, and, and, his, and his post play. You know, I've never seen anyone <laughs> rebound like Jaden. I'm sure anyone on our team can attest that. If you're guarding him in the scrimmage, that's going to be your job is just to box him out and keep him off the glass. You know, he's a really, truly an elite offensive rebounder and just rebounder in general. And then, you know, physically, um, you know, his physical dominance in the game. You know, I talk about I've lost weight and, you know, worked on my body so much. You know, I really want to get to the point where I'm really asserting myself physically into the game. Um, I feel like that's somewhere in my basketball career that I haven't really used my full potential is my body that I've been blessed with seeing him how he uses how he bumps how he um really imposes his will those are definitely some things that I want to add to to my game and I am adding to my game
0: well another newcomer to the team is Jay Powell you know he's gonna be he's a front court player he could play probably anywhere between the three four and five you know Ask technician is excited to see him on display you know what can Fans expect to see from him and his game this year.
1: Yeah, Jay's—he's really versatile. Really got truly guard skills at at six eight, six nine. Can shoot it. Can can handle it. You know, he's (laughs) really—I don't even know how to describe his game. A a wing who can play four. You know, just really versatile. Really dynamic. Long, long arms. um, Good defender. um, Good feel. No, nah, Jay is, <laughs> he's very, uh, he's really impressed me with his guard skills, you know, at his size. He's hes really just, he's really a guard in a big, in a tall person's body. <laughs> That's how I uh, describe Jay. Um,
0: another guy on the team who's been around for a few years, but just earned her scholarship, uh, I believe about a month ago, Kate Alger. You know, how fun was seeing his success uh, been for you as someone who plays a similar position and he's been on the scout team helping the team out over the last few years you know how was that uh for the for you and the team to see him get that scholarship
1: oh really good really really good um you know i was really excited for him you know some something that has been his goal but you know me miles k jared you know we're we we it always seems like we were we would be hanging out together because you know, all the guys who were going to play the next day were asleep. <laughs> you know, we would be we would be hanging out in each other's rooms. <laughs> um, so, you know, me, Miles, and Jared, and Cade, and even Demarche, you know, we all build a close relationship with each other. Um, so, you know, it was really, really exciting to see Cade um, get that scholarship. And, you know, it's exciting to see him in practice. You know, he probably feels like he <laughs> feels a little different, feels a little more confident. No, that's that's really exciting. I'm really happy for him.
2: One guy who is likely learning from your journey and what you've been describing in your first year as a D1 player is Miles Heidi. What what can you tell us about him? And is there any you know advice, any way that you've been able to kind of um, try to try to instruct and help your teammate along his process?
1: Yeah, it's weird seeing someone younger than me now. Um, <laughs> you know, seeing someone go through. You know, they're they're just starting off. Um, you know, making the mistakes that I I made, and you know, just trying to. Heidi's in a very different position than I was. You know, there's a there's a lot more opportunity that he, uh, he has than um, mm-hmm. I feel like I had, and you know, he he needs to be ready. Um, and and he is, and he's going to be ready. But Heidi has a big time motor, good rim protector, has a good feel. Um, you know, Heidi's Heidi's really impressed me with his his effort, like. He's always trying to block shots at the rim, trying to go after the ball, trying to, you know, gu- really guarding Jaden in practice, you know, not backing down from that challenge. So just, you know, my base advice to him would just be, you know, keep going. It's easy as a freshman to always get your head down when you make a mistake because you make so many mistakes. But, you know, just first time doing it, try to be better. Um, keep trying to improve and don't get too down on yourself um, when you when you have a bad day. Great advice. Your your dad played
2: basketball at Arkansas State. Um, what can you tell us about your dad's game, and what impact has he had on you developing into a D one player?
1: Yeah, I feel like me and my dad have very different games, even though I I'm pretty sure we played the same position. Um, I'm pretty sure he was a four man, three four. You know, my dad probably played more like an AG, diving on loose balls blocking shots, getting, you know, steals and things like that. And he was really, a truly, I think, a hustle player, you know, and I've always had that finesse to my game, uh, stretching the floor. And, you know, my dad's always, he's tried to always encourage me to just play harder, you know. You know, all he tells me before the game is just compete. You know, he doesn't really care about misses and makes and, and things like that. You know, he just wants to see me, you know, really truly compete and um, try my hardest. And, you know, that's really helped me as I've gone along uh, my basketball journey, his advice, his wisdom. You know, I remember when I was in high school and as a junior, I I didn't have any offers. And he would always, he would just always remind me that, you know, my time is coming, Um, you know, my, my, uh, my blessings is coming on the way, you know, even though it doesn't feel like it right now, you know, the opportunity, and, you know, the um, success is, is coming, you know, and keep working towards that.
3: Elijah, there were some power conference schools that were recruiting you, especially on the East Coast. What was your deciding factor in choosing San Diego State?
1: I would say location and I say location, just that's just because of my mom. Um, you know, when I would go on visits, we went to Notre Dame and Miami, she was bringing up all these crazy ideas on how to get to games and how to, um, come and see me. And it was just, it was just a lot. You know, honestly, the coaches and the the pedigree that San Diego State had, you know, I feel like nationally, you know, we, we made it to the national championship last year, but people don't see the success that San Diego state has had. And it's not recognized nationally the way it should be. San Diego state has dominated this league and this conference um, for, for a long time. You go into the coach's offices, you see all the conference championships. And then and you, and you wonder yourself, like, why isn't this <laughs> talked about? And, you know, that's something that really stuck out to me. I wanted to play in the NCAA tournament. You know, I wanted to, My high school team was really good. Didn't lose that many games in high school. And I wanted to, I want to be a winner. You know, I want to play meaningful games. I want to play meaningful basketball. And I feel like this was my best option uh, to do that. And then last
3: basketball question. Practice starts this week. How excited are you to get to this point in the season where you're finally like gearing up for the opener against Cal State Fullerton on November 6th?
1: Oh, this is uh, this is the best part. You know, I feel like the hardest part of the season is, you know, the fall. Um, like you know, right before practice begins, cause it's not the summer, but it's not the it's not it's not official practice. You know, and we can you can really feel the energy picking up. You know, all the guys are really excited, and you know, me personally, it feels like I feel like I haven't played in a game. You know, really in a meaningful game. Um, for a while um, so you know I'm excited for the the games to come along and and things like that but just finally being back to official practice and knowing that it's coming like knowing that the games are right around the corner and you know last year I got to see it all but this year you know being able to hopefully play meaningful minutes man I, I've been this excited this about basketball in a long time Absolutely.
0: So this has been great, Elijah. To close out the interview, we've got some fun, quick questions, non-sports related. You ready for those? Yeah. What is your favorite food?
1: I'd probably say any kind of pasta, uh, Alfredo, classic uh, marinara sauce, any any some some type of pasta. Did you have to cut out the carbs as you've been trying to lose weight? Um, not really. I would just say oh, come good, down good. to I was the- <laughs> eating less and working out more.
0: <laughs> what about favorite movie or TV show?
1: Favorite movie or TV show. I'd probably say The Office was my favorite TV show. probably watched it a multi- couple times <laughs> all the way through um so no nah, i love love the office
0: yeah you know we've we asked these questions to a lot of we've interviewed a lot of football players on at San Diego estate and the office i think is like the most re- recurring answer we've gotten for that so definitely some football players you can watch the office with if you need people <laughs> to watch it. yeah um favorite musical artist
1: um i feel like you gotta go with drake you know he has a new album coming out soon so you know i, I feel like that's My favorite artist,
3: with
0: the popular popular one too.
1: With
2: all of the uh, older guys graduating last year, is there a new go-to DJ person who gets to decide what music is playing in the jam locker room?
1: Oh, I was on the music last year. Oh no, during the whole run, (laughs) during the whole run, I I was I was on the music. A lot of people don't. (laughs) A lot of people don't know this, but I feel like music was a big piece for us last year. Just before the game, listening to music. Um, you know, I feel like they got everyone in the right mood. Um, but no, nah, I, I was, I was in control of the music, man. That, that, I don't know if I'll be back in control of the music this year. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, uh, the question.
2: No, that's, that's, that's an incredible thing. I mean, so tell, tell us more about that. Cause I, cause I think it's a part of last year's journey that, um, people don't know about. I mean, how, I guess how did you get in control of the music and then what was your mindset you know as as the person who is trying to to get that vibe and get everybody in the right mental space
1: oh no just um i don't really know it just you know i wasn't playing so um you know i just be 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 have my phone out and be clicking the songs (laughs) you know all the guys are getting focused getting ready to play and you know i would just be playing and playing the music on the bus. Um, I remember we used to leave in be leaving the jam before we would go to the flight all year, you know, we would be listening to R and B, um, you know, old pop songs from like early t- 2010s. you know, and things like that. But, um, you know, we would always be singing, um, coming back from shoot around, we'd have the music playing. So, you know, we ju- we would just always be messing around singing, uh, singing dumb songs and and things like that. That's
0: great. Favorite hobby, you know, when you're not playing basketball or working out, what do you like to do?
1: Probably listen listening to music and um watching T V. i love watching sports. So probably watching college football, NFL, um or or Netflix, something like that. Just just relaxing.
0: You're you're an Arizona guy. Are you an Arizona professional sports team fan or who are, who are some of your favorite pro teams?
1: You know, I'm, I am from Arizona, so I'll, I'll root for the for the teams. I've never really been like a diehard Cardinals D-back Suns fan. You know, those are the teams I'll root for. You know, I don't really have a favorite sports team, but, you know, if it comes down to it, I'll, I'll root for for the Arizona team.
0: And then last one, what's your major at San Diego State? And, you know, what do you hope to do with that in the future?
1: Um, I'm a psychology major. So, you know, I started off as a criminal justice major. First first semester I had this, uh, I can't even remember the name of the class. But senior high school, I took AP, um, AP government. And mm-hmm. it's probably the least favorite class I've ever taken in my life. And yeah. that first semester class reminded me of AP government, so had to switch, had to change my major up. Um, but no, I like psychology. I like learning about um, you know people's acting, why they do certain things, um, and like p- development of people. So I don't I don't really know what I want to do with with my degree yet, but I know it has something to do with psychology or and, and things like that, working with people.
0: Interesting. Elijah, awesome job. Thank you again for uh, taking some time out of your day. Uh, I know Aztec Nation is excited to get to that first game in November 6th, um, see that banner come down, or banners, I should say, and see how the season plays out. So, again, thank you, and uh, have a good one.
1: Yeah, thank you guys for having me. This was, uh, this was fun.
0: episode of the sdsu podcast is sponsored by mars energy cream the first ever topical energy delivery product think energy drink but it's a lotion it contains a proprietary blend of natural ingredients including caffeine taurine and b vitamins to provide an energizing boost and unlike traditional energy drinks and gels mars energy cream is sugar-free contains no artificial flavors colors or preservatives if you want to try it out Go to Cream.com and use the code ANDRE, spelled A-N-D-R-E, at checkout to receive 15% off a purchase of a 50-milliliter tube. Guys, that was Elijah Saunders. You know, we we talked to him, you know, what he thought about how his last season... The first thing I, I you have to take away from that is his honesty. And, you know, no. talking about... I'm not playing at the end of the season. I let my weight get up because I wasn't working out as much. I I love that honesty. And then, you know, obviously he did something about it right away. And, you know, he said he lost about 32 pounds. I think he gained maybe five pounds back, but he's at 235. I, I, I loved hearing that honesty from him. What do you guys think? I agree. I,
2: I thought that when the very, very last question when he kind of put a bow on everything and he's like, oh, I'm a psychology major. It's like, oh, everything makes sense now. Just how thoughtful he was and how like a person who who is into psych and understands those things, just just everything was a little bit deeper than just the surface, you know, and, and the fact that he could analyze himself, he could know himself and say, you know, it may not have been something that he was completely verbalizing, but he did. Kind of take it easy because he did see the people who were in front of him I- admitting. I think I think as a competitor, admitting that that someone else is better than you is again, it's the honesty, but it's also really powerful because you know I think a lot of these young guys come in and I mean he's he's a huge recruit. I mean he's he's you know top one hundred and everything, and to come in and to be like oh I got to be better, and and to have that aha moment um, seeing those guys, I thought. just really good and 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 you know the music i mean there's so many different ways that he brought in that area of study and you you could see um you know why he's attracted to it
3: yeah very very honest very genuine seem seemed uh very mature for Mm -hmm. such a young guy and i think the, the the comparison i made in my head when he was talking was was he realized after his freshman year he was like I should lose some weight to get to a better playing weight so that I can be better on the court. And it took Matt Mitchell two years to make that realization. So that's like just a very direct comparison. And that's, that's no shade on Matt Mitchell at all. Um, But Elijah seems ahead of the curve in that regard.
0: How many times are the announcers going to talk about Elijah Saunders uh, weight loss uh, this year, like they did with Matt Mitchell? (laughs) Seemed like that was a running thing for every game on CBS Sports Network or something um it'll be it'll be it'll be hard though
2: because they're not gonna have as much like file footage of like the first year and then to the second year um but yeah i think i think it's huge i think it's a huge part of of um the story of this team because you know they have a lot that they need to replace
0: i think it's interesting like we've talked to elijah we talked to Jaden jayden and we talked to his dad right Mm -hmm. and then you got miles bird's dad was a basketball player So a lot of these guys have dads or fathers that were basketball players. And so, you know, it's interesting picking their brain and hearing them talk about how their dads have affected or impacted their development as basketball players because they have, you know, they almost have had a coach their entire lives 24-7, you know, that some of the other players might not have had. So uh, I think that helps with the maturity, not just as a basketball player, but as like speaking and and. and talking the game, I guess. Yeah, I agree.
2: And I, I thought, um, you know, when he, they were freshmen, um, Miles and, and Elijah, um, you know, I interviewed both of them and wrote articles on them and stuff like that. And I talked to Miles, Miles, Miles' dad, and just everything. You know, obviously he's a former college coach, and I, it just, it's such an interesting, you know, career arc because these guys when they were in high school, um, they had COVID, not, they didn't get COVID themselves. It was through the pandemic. Um, and so to go from that to being in the final four, um, in just like a short order, um, it's just a really unique, one of a kind career to this point for those guys. And I'm, I'm really curious to see how, um, you know, that will play into their journey and how they're going forward. I was just going to ask, what did you guys think about Um, some of the insights that he gave into um, some of the players on the roster.
3: I thought that was, that was a lot of fun. I do think it's hard to take those types of insights as gospel, right? I always think back to uh, after Keshad Johnson's freshman season, KJ Fagan posted somewhere that like he's going to the NBA and, like, going early, not just, just going to make it there, but, like, he's leaving early to go to the NBA. And now Keshawn Johnson's a fifth-year guy. So, you know, these guys are players as opposed to, like, professional scouts. But that being said, that, like, that's not to, to minimize what he's saying either, right? And I love some of the things he was saying about some of the guys, especially Jay Powell. Right, how he's he's a guard in a six nine player's body was super encouraging because you can the coaching staff can get super creative with the ways they use him. Um, Yeah, all sorts of stuff.
2: Yeah. How many times do uh, professional scouts get it wrong too? Yep. Mm -hmm. Also, that. What do you say, Andre?
0: We we never get it wrong though. No, No, never. No, no, no. I had him (laughs) in the Final Four the whole time sometimes it's the best answers about players come from their teammates, Mm -hmm. you know, because you usually coaches will give your coach speak. They'll be a little bit mindful of not giving away too much or not saying too much, where some of the, the players are a little bit more open about what they're seeing and they're playing against them. So they're seeing like when Maurice Waters said, you know, Elijah's so strong, you know, that's not, not a groundbreaking revelation, but like it's hearing that from his perspective, I think adds credence to and add credibility to the to to that. So yeah, it's it's always fun to ask fellow teammates about you know their, you know, their ask players about their fellow teammates because you get a perspective that you don't ordinarily get from maybe the coaches. I thought maybe the most encouraging that he
2: said just because it's unknown and it's the hope that you have, um, was him talking about Miles Heidi. And you look and you who who's your A G? on this year's roster who's that guy who will just kind of do the little things that you need to win you know if if that's what miles heidi can actually bring somebody who brings energy um in spurts is able to do that i think that's his path to the court early and so the fact that it seems like that is who he is um that's his mindset i think is is um, a positive because i think that there's you know there's a lot of there's a lot of high skill on this team. Um, The question that that I think everyone is having is, is how much grit do they have? How much of that just like dog mentality does this team have that, that the team last year and in the previous seasons, you know, is it had in spades? Is that the right phrase? Um, That they, yeah, that, that, you know what I mean? Right. they just, they were, they could run the table. Right. Um, And that's, that's how they were able to get to the final four. Um, and, and so finding players who can duplicate that and then fill in those gaps that's, that players with great skill always produce, right? Um, there's not a lot of Jaden Ladies that people are going to see who can get the ball where he can get it and do things with it. And so that's going to create chaos in the defense and guys who will hustle, guys who will play with that extra energy can really like excel in those spaces um, and, and the fact that, you know, at a young age, he's already that kind of player um, I think really bodes well for possibly being in the rotation. I also thought it was interesting. And, and what do you guys think about the idea of um, he also brought up uh, Elijah did of Micah Parrish playing in the four. What do you guys think about that kind of lineup? Do you think that they have the ability to, to go small like that?
0: Um, and still be able to be competitive on the defensive end you, your question was can they be competitive on the defensive end yes I, I think the answer is yes can they be as good as they've been over the last you know decades no,
2: question not the question at all I think that answers what we know
0: the yeah, question okay. is, yeah, the no, question they, is they can be competitive yeah I think yeah. yeah based on some of the things we talked about last episode at the end about adding ball pressure up top by the guards, you know, getting more hands up, more help defense that way, you know, maybe in years past, they've been, the guards have been a little bit more lenient about letting guys drive in because you got Nate back there, you've got AG, and maybe there, that doesn't happen. They can definitely be competitive. I mean, the scheme, the scheme can help the defense be competitive. And if if on the other end, you're scoring buckets, Right, They're taking the ball out more. They're not running. You're not giving up transition. That'll make a big difference.
3: I kind of feel like you could put almost anyone in the hands of this coaching staff and they would get like, I can't, what's the word I'm looking for? Just like a solid defense, I guess, because the, the coaches just know what they're doing, right? I think Micah at the four is something that was definitely interesting to me. He in terms of his height is the same size as Matt Mitchell. He doesn't have as much girth, but he has the height. He's probably a little bit longer than Matt Mitchell was. I, I feel like, so he has tools to be able to do that. Like Andre was saying, you got to change up the scheme a little bit and do a couple things differently. And then the, the big part would be not only putting the ball in the basket because you're able to spread out the floor more and hopefully be more efficient on offense that way. If a guy like perishes at the floor, but also Depending on you know how the coaches wanted to do it, the ability to add a lot more motion to the offense and have guys running off of screens a lot more, and so not only are you scoring more efficiently, but like you're wearing down the other team when they're playing defense, and now they don't have as much energy on the offensive end, right? The kind of way to feed off each other in that aspect. I'm I'm hesitant to think Parrish is going to get a lot of time at the four, but it is something I kind of hope hope happens. More than I think it will happen.
2: Yeah, I I find it really interesting because I, you know, I, um, thinking back to obviously when uh, Matt Mitchell played that, I don't think that there's a guy like that on this team who can have a little bit of that, that size to be able to do both of them and also the speed and skill. I'm also interested to see, you know, that was paired up, um, first with Yanni Wetzel and then with Nathan Mensah. And the versatility of those two defenders, I thought, allowed them to kind of get away with some of that stuff. And and so I think the fascinating part about where this team could be now and where it could become tournament time is they could have a whole bunch of different styles. You know, like last year was like, okay, well, how about instead of having both point guards start, you go and you um, put... Parrish into at the three, and then you move um, Bradley up to the two, it's not dramatically a different feel of of the team. It's just putting them in different places. Whereas this year you could completely have like a really different team depending on who's playing well and who plays well together. Um, You know, if let's say uh, you wanted to, go big because you just felt like Jaden Ladee and taking advantage of of what he's able to do on the perimeter is something that you wanted. You know, you, you could have um a front line where you had, you know, um Heidi, Demarcia Johnson, um Jaden, and then Elijah Saunders. And you could be really big up front and imposing and physical, and and you could do something like that, and then put you know Lamont and Darian, or you know, and then bring in subs and things like that, and go big. You could kind of go medium, where you have Elijah at the four and you have Jaden at the five, and they're almost interchangeable. Um, to talking about you know keeping them fresh, as you were just talking about the other team, but for for San Diego State, and then you could have guys on the outside. Flip side of that is you could go, you could go long and you could figure out how to get, um, and we should have asked Elijah this question because Miles um, Bird looks seven foot in every picture that they've taken um, online. Uh, But you, you could play him at the two. And you could play, you know, you could you could have um, what we just talked about at the three four with you know uh, Micah and and it's there's just so many different styles and the way that it can actually develop I think is is really fascinating because I I can't remember an Aztec team um, except maybe the the thirty and two team only because you just didn't know who was there, Um, but I think who where they can play so many different styles. And there is so many options. And the question, I think, becomes, you know, are they going to be really good at a lot of things? But what is it that they can become great at um, to to keep at the level that San Diego State um, basketball has has developed?
3: The t- talking about defense, the thing that does concern me a little bit, if you go back and watch. I think it happened to a certain extent like in the FAU game when they got down a little bit early, but but more so even in the Mountain West Championship game against Utah State when the Aztecs got down. They were playing a drop coverage to start to start that game, which means the big man, the center, right? Nathan Mincer Jaden Ledele last year is kind of staying in the paint on ball screens rather than switching them. And Utah right. State was just eating it alive and just scoring every time down. And once after, I think it was the second TV timeout, they started switching – um on defense and that's what was able to get the Aztecs back in you know Lidi definitely put in a lot of effort on there nobody is Nathan Mensa, so I'm, I'm curious to see do they drop do they use that drop coverage more and then if they do are they going to be better at it like were they maybe not as good because they had practiced switching all the time and they didn't they didn't rep the drop coverage as much um that's something that's really interesting just on top of like those lineups that you were talking about. That's always something that's in my mind is like, who is the big and what coverage are they using with the big?
2: Because that center position seems kind of thin. Yeah. And I think going with that, you know, another thing that they may, they may just decide to do is depending again, how they do that with Ladie. like, let's say they think that Saunders is better at staying in front of a guard when they come down court and they're playing in the pick and roll. You just intentionally put Saunders on their five. And you're comfortable with what he can do defensively um, if they decide to go into the post and try to bully ball and do that. Um, But then you're also comfortable and that's the switch that you're better with. And then, you know, you want Jaden doing you being there for the defensive rebound. You don't want him to be outside on the edge. And so he's on the backside doing other things. I mean, so there's just so much that they can do. And it's just fascinating because we can all say, oh, it's like this. It could be like this. this. What about this? What about this? What about this? um but you know i think this coaching staff needs has earned the benefit of the doubt because Mm -hmm. they do Mm -hmm. always eventually get better um but it's just it's really fun and i know you know from those of us who like to watch the game from that strategic standpoint they're gonna enter that game against Cal state fullerton or you know the exhibition game and it's going to be the first hints of what, you know, Brian Dutcher and Chris Acker and Dave Velasquez, et cetera, et cetera, um, what they all have thought in terms of what they see as that potential, you know, it's uh, it's just fun. It's really, really fun because I, I think that, you know, a team, especially a final four, um, you know, national champion runner up, it, it just you just don't see that very often. You know, you see so much of like the players have to fit into the system. And here, I think that there's that potential to be all over the place. It's like Elijah said, right? It's the
3: best
0: time of the year right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've got, I think, at least one more basketball player scheduled. They're coming up uh, next week. uh, And we're hoping to get up maybe at least one or two more before uh, season starts because it'll be a little bit more limited to get the guys on the podcast uh, once the season starts. Uh, Thanks again for Trone joining us again. You can find him at.
2: Can you say "we" or "are"? What 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 is your podcast? Our what, what's what's the, I, I reg- do
3: whatever y'all want me to do. That's whatever. that's. I'm just a good little soldier. I just take my orders, do what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> so this can be our podcast. Hey, let's go! Let's go.
0: You can find he's Aztec Breakdown. So at Aztec Breakdown, well, uh, I think you're on Instagram as well, right? Aztec Breakdown.
3: Yeah, I'm on Instagram as well. I don't use it nearly as much twitter is definitely the home base but yeah also on instagram for sure
0: cool uh obviously paul and you know paul at padre de cuatro and i'm uh at a haggard 23 yeah the basketball is what maybe 46 47 days away so uh we're, we're getting there thanks guys for listening as always hopefully you enjoyed the interview with elijah Oh, a little football mixed into this basketball episode. Martin Blake gets a scholarship, the scholarship. I think we've been talking about since maybe the beginning of fall camp with how well he was doing there and some of the, the things he's done, you know, obviously in the beginning of the season. So, uh, what are your, what are your thoughts? I, I Congratulations to to
2: Martin. I mean, I remember talking with him at the, at his first press conference um, and, and basically asking him this question, you know, like i'm sure at some point many people said do not pursue football like life gives you messages and the message is you're not good enough to get these scholarship offers you know he went to a big enough high school that everybody saw him saw what he did and they all passed on him and he said that yeah it was hard and, and that he didn't listen and he went and, and made this choice and to be rewarded um in the way that he has i think is huge he's obviously uh, been the person who has uh, carried the shield I think on at least one occasion, maybe two yeah. in consecutive weeks. And is an honor given to the player who is most representative of the values and culture of STSU. And so the fact that that's him, I think, is gigantic. It's great that they get to do that this week, um, especially then going into a game where they're double-digit underdogs. You know, these things can be motivators. You know, San Diego State definitely use a shot in the arm so just from the psychology keeping it con- connected with with Elijah Saunders the psychology of it it's a, it's a, it's a good time i think to be able to announce this and to and to get that feel and that positive things going um you know as the team is, is heading over to colorado springs
0: yeah i mean he's 5 6 he was from the same high school in las vegas as uh, donald Pumphrey. so he's got right. the little pipeline or whatever you want to call it from there but yeah, I mean, he it was, I think, a no-brainer, especially when you've got, at this point, seven open scholarships with the two guys who just recently transferred out. I think there will be maybe a few more guys, potentially, that could get a scholarship. Maybe a Keon Mitchell, maybe a Tobin Odell, who's now the backup quarterback. But yeah, it's great to see that video posted on Twitter of them announcing in front of the whole team that he got it and and him being fired up one of the cooler things you could you could watch as you know or or put out as a college football program college basketball program whatever you want to call it uh always love seeing those videos and i'm glad they put them out now cuz they were not putting them out for a while with right. under rocky long and then in the right. beginning of brady hooks return but now they're putting them out so we're grateful for that
2: absolutely and and i would just add you know i think for all of the people who are you know trying to understand some things there's this weird Idea that having walk-ons who become scholarship players is somehow negative. I don't know how you can turn something like this into a negative. The difference between a three-star athlete and a guy who's a walk-on is prob is probably not as great as a three-star to a five-star. And yeah, I agree. And and so I think that you know when somebody doesn't have the measurables and doesn't check those boxes like Martin Blake, you know, you can see why he would be overlooked. There isn't this one skill that you're just like, Oh, this is the thing. But as we were talking about, as you alluded to in the first part of the comments, he just kept making plays and you're just like, well, at a certain point, if you're productive on the field, like who cares what the package is? It's hard to bring down. He is, he is elusive. um, Even for a guy, you know, his size, and, you know, he makes plays, he has good hands and he has all those things. And, and, you know, I think it's, it's huge for a program like San Diego state to have walk-ons do that primarily because they're always going to get by and large the, the second or third tier athletes around the country and having a guy, you know, like, um, Jesse Matthews, who again, no measurables, but he turns out to be a guy who's. Would have been competing for time and started to turn heads in the NFL. I mean, that's, that's to get a guy like that. It's, it's easier, I think, for San Diego State to get a guy like that than, let's say, a three star guy who, um, turns into an all world player consistently, right? You're going to have a, a couple of guys here or there. So I think it's just an important part of, of San Diego State's like recruiting mix is to be able to get the right guys, you know, like Makai Shaw, um, and the guys who can, who can, elevate their program and give them depth because it's hard to be able to, to fill in and to have that depth that these power five schools have, um, because of all of the, the things that go into what makes college football.
0: unequal. Definitely. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us. Thank you as always for listening, make sure to like, subscribe, follow, share on all your favorite platforms. We definitely appreciate each and every one of you for listening and uh, we will talk to you guys next time you are listening to the sdsu podcast presented by the east village times with your hosts andre Hagverdian and paul garrett